Welcome to the Gregory Digout Podcast. All right. Hey, beautiful people. Welcome to um, day 28. I think it is on um, 30 Days of Rest. I wrote this book a few years ago, um, and it's subtitled Pearls of Pure Grace. So the grace of God is what produces rest and peace in our lives, as well as um, delivering us from, you know, from all forms of oppression. We started talking about that yesterday. So I want to just welcome you guys to um, Tuesday's edition of 30 Days of Rest. Um, Pardon my casual look, but um, by the way, I love your comments and keep them coming. We had, you know, that, you know, hundreds over a thousand comments yesterday. I love, I love, I love reading them as many as I can and commenting back uh, on as many as I can. But um, you know, somebody said uh, looked like I needed a shave and a and a and a hair comb, so I thought I'd wear my hat um, just to you know kind of um, just as a way to play with uh, uh, with this. But um, anyway, uh, welcome everybody. Welcome Sensei. Um, you are now my sensei. Welcome Arlene, Carol, uh, <laughs> Ria, Tina, John, and Sarah. Love you guys. Carmelita, uh, Andrea, Diana, Carol, uh, Ria, Ruth, um, Sagrika, and Hope, and so many more of you guys watching on Instagram Live, watching on Facebook Live. And I'm fired up uh, from you know the last few days, and I hope you are as well. We talked yesterday about um, taking back your power. And um, we need to understand how powerful that we are as believers. And um, yeah, for quarantine, it's not so bad. Ain't so bad. Ain't so bad for quarantine, right? But um, thank you for that comment, uh, Angelo. Angela, sorry. Um, <laughs> take back your power um, is really what life is all about, that Jesus didn't rise from the dead to leave us powerless. He died for our sins and he shed his blood to give us power, to, to, to empower us. Like there's nothing more liberating than understanding that you have power over your life, your attitude, your emotions, your reactions. You can't control um, and you can't uh, determine who knocks on the door, but you can determine who you let in. You can't control all the ways that people treat you, but you can control how you respond to how they treat you. And um, that's really what we can control. And um, thanks for all the encouragement, guys. I'm really, I really don't, I'm just playing around. I don't really care. Like when you're 20, you, you worry about what everybody thinks. When you're 40, you stop worrying about what everybody thinks. And then when you get to my age, you realize there's nobody really thinking about, <laughs> about you. Um, well, I butchered that joke up pretty good. You'll have to refer to uh, one of the other thousand times that I told that where it actually is funny. All right. Uh, welcome, Kim. Welcome, uh, Arlene. Welcome, Carol, Joanne, Bob, uh, Richard. Welcome, Davis, Dowie, Donna. Appreciate you guys. Terry, love you, man. Thanks for, uh, thanks for tuning in. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor to wake up to their power. Um, remember the scripture we talked about yesterday was Acts 10, 38, that how Jesus Christ of Nazareth went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed 
by the devil. Where all oppression comes from is the devil. Where there's oppression, there's a devil. Where there's oppression, there is a devil. And what is oppression? Oppression is to remove from someone the power to control their own life, to remove from someone the power to control their own life. Um, and I share with you how the government tries to oppress people by remove. It may not be anybody's intention or anybody's motive to oppress you. They might think they're doing the best. The government might think that's the best thing for you, but you should decide. You get to decide. I get to decide what's best for me. You get to decide what's best for you. Um, so government tries to control people. Um, spouses try to control each other. Um, church, pastors, leaders of, of churches and, and organizations try to control people. And um, God's not into that. God's not about control. He, he, gave, he put Adam and Eve in the garden and gave them control over their future. And, 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 and listen, I apologize in advance for the people I'm going to about to offend, but the idea that God is in control of everything is absurd. It's absolutely absurd. You're in control of so much of your life. You're in control of what you think. You're in control of what you eat. You're in control of what you, uh, of what you say to people. You're in control of the choices that you make. The idea that God is in control of everything in the world is, um, it's just, uh, I don't know how to say this nicely, it's just ignorant. It's, it's not, it's not, there's no logic to God being in control of everything. I know it, it feels, it maybe gives you, it maybe soothes you. It maybe makes you feel better about certain situations and, and to how to accept certain situations. But Jesus never told us to accept things the way they are. He told us to have peace in the midst of those things. But he also told us to, whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth is loosed in heaven. He told us that um, whatsoever things you desire, pray. Somebody actually uh, commented to me recently. Um, oh, I, I mentioned this the other day, so never mind. Um, take back your power is the point. And we have to understand what God is in, what God is in control of and what people are in control of. God is not in control of your attitude, you are. God's not in control of your words, you are. God's not in control of your tongue, you are. God's not in control of the choices that we make, the seeds that we sow, the kindness that we show. That is our responsibility. Um, yes, God, in, you know, when people say, well, God is sovereign, that, again, it's based on how you, how you define what sovereignty is. So the, the idea of complete sovereignty means being in control of everything, that God can sovereignly do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. But God himself limits himself not to violate our free will. He limited Adam and Eve. He, he limited himself with Adam and Eve. He said, look, I'm putting you in the garden. You're in charge of this garden. If you want to let that serpent in and lie to you, that's up to you. If you want to eat from that tree of knowledge of good and evil, let me, allow, let me alert you to the fact that you're going to die if you eat from that tree of knowledge, good and evil, but you have the freedom to do it. That is the single greatest gift that God gives to mankind, in my opinion, other than salvation, of course, but it's freedom. It's the freedom of choice. It's the power of choice. 
That is, to me, the greatest freedom that God gives us, or the greatest thing that God gives us, the greatest gift that God gives us is the freedom to choose. You can choose your attitude. You can choose where you live. You can choose uh, what you're going to do about the situation that we're in as a country. You can choose to to maintain your power or you can give your power up to others. The power of the, the freedom of choice is a very powerful thing. So we can't be double we can't be double minded or double tongued. We can't we can't argue for uh, choice when it comes to um, whether you have power over your body to choose abortion or not. You can't argue that and then say, but we don't have the freedom to say that our government is needs to adjust or that we have power to influence it. Like you have the freedom of choice. It doesn't mean it's the right, it's, it doesn't mean it's the right choice, but you do have the freedom of choice. Um, I'm not trying to make an argument for abortion, but that's not my point. My point is if we really have freedom of choice, we should give people freedom of choice in everything. Like they get to choose where they live, what kind of job they have, right? Anyway, um, take back your power. I'm skipping from day 27 was yesterday, um, unleash the power, and I'm skipping over day 28, going to day 29 from my book. Um, and day 29 is you have power. And then we'll come back to the other days when we have time. But um, look, it's simple. Second Timothy 1.7 for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Of power, love, and a sound mind. And listen, once you wake up to the power you have, you're going to be happy. Like every negative emotion comes from a sense of powerlessness. Now think about it. Guilt comes from a feeling that we're powerless over our past. Depression comes from the feeling that we're powerless over the present. And fear comes from the feeling that we're powerless over the future. So when you realize we're really not powerless over our past, we can receive forgiveness for it. We can receive forgiveness from it through the blood of Jesus. We're really not powerless over our present situation because we can praise God anyway. We can... Um, speak God's word, we can walk in kindness, we can show love, we can, we can choose our attitude today. That gives us power over, over depression, over the emotion that we're powerless over this moment. We're not powerless over this moment. And, we're power, and uh, we have power over our future based on the seeds that we sow. We talked about that the other day. But let me just read this to you. God knows what we will need. God knows what we will need in order to handle what he knows will come our way. God doesn't send everything our way, but he sends us what we need so that we're ready for whatever comes our way. Did you hear me? God doesn't send everything that comes our way, but God sends us what we need to handle anything and everything that comes our way. So fear paralyzes us and prevents us from walking in God's ultimate purpose for our lives. But notice this three-strand cord that the Bible says a three-strand cord cannot be broken. What is this three-strand cord? Power, love, and a sound mind. You have power 
Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You have the power to bind and loose. You have the power to pray. You have the power to speak to the mountain. You have the power to choose to be happy. You have the power of choice. That's power. And there's so many other things that we have the power of. We have, um, the Bible says that we have the power of the Holy Spirit. We have the power to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. By the way, shout out to Donnie, to Sophia, to Cindy, to Anna, Anna, to Barbara, to Elaine, Carmelita, Madalena, Mary, Deborah, um, Joseph, uh, Jeannie, Amelia, Sandra, Gina, Robert. God bless you guys. Terry, awesome. Hey, appreciate you guys. But um, so power, love, and a sound mind. A three-strand cord cannot be broken, the Bible says. So what is love? Love is God's love for us. You've not been given the spirit of fear, but instead of that, the thing that attacks fear is power. The thing that attacks fear is love. And the thing that attacks fear is a sound mind. So we have these three things. You know, if we would just pause for a moment and recognize how generous God is, how generous our God is. Shout out to David in Switzerland. Shout out to Ma Ma Mashak. Shout out to Monica, to Joy, to um, Shell, to Sandra, to Maribel, to Becky, um, to, to Karen, to Andy, um, to Deborah. Listen, um, God is so generous. The generosity of God. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not also with him freely give us all things? Wow. The generosity of God. See, I don't argue with people when they say, well, do you got to get baptized in the name of Jesus or should you get baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? My answer is yes. It's any of the above. Well, you know, the Bible says to they baptized him in the name of Jesus. And then others are like, it's the name of Jesus only. And others are like, well, Jesus said to baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Like, I just keep you down under the water long enough to say all of it. I baptize you in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, in the name of Jesus risen from the dead. If that doesn't change your life, staying under there long enough, nothing will. Hey, just teasing, but you get my point. But some people say, well, you know, when it comes to healing, is it, do you lay hands on people to heal them or do you, or do you um, anoint them with oil or do you have the call for the elders or do you speak to the sickness? Yes, that's how generous God is. He gives us all of the above and all of them are the right answer. You can be healed through laying on hands, or you could be healed through just speaking the word, or you could be healed through a doctor, or you could be healed through eating properly, or you could be healed through the anointing of oil, or you could be healed by two or three agreeing about anything they ask. It's the generosity of God. This could put such an end to all the theological debates that Christians like to get in on Facebook. They get in all these debates. It's a waste of time. Stop arguing with people. It's like, well, um, is, it, is, it, is it God's will to bless you through your job or is it God's will to bless you with a miracle or is it God's will to bless you through somebody else? Yes, it's all of the above. God's so generous. He gives us a thousand ways to get healing. He gives us a thousand ways to experience relationships. He's given us a thousand ways to be happy. He's given us a thousand ways to meet our needs. He's generous. He's generous. 
And I fear for people that are counting on the government to be the be-all, end-all to your needs. You can't rely on people. You have to trust God. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God is going to supply your needs, not the government. Like, thank God if you got the check from the government in the mail. But isn't it crazy that 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 um the democrats and republicans the the politicians are arguing over who whose name should be on the signature of the government checks that are going out to help people during this crisis who the heck cares almost you almost got me you almost got me on that one to cuss who the heck cares who signs the check as long as the check arrives and it clears i only want to know is the check did the check arrive and did it clear? <laughs> How many know what I'm talking about? Why are we arguing? Well, are Republicans right or are Democrats right? All of the above. They're all right about something and they're mostly wrong about most everything else. Because we give government too much power. It's of the people, for the people, and by the people. We have got to get a hold of what's happening here. Like, look, I don't care. Like, I can handle a lockdown for a week. I can handle a lockdown for a year. God is my source. Right, Monica? Come on, amen to that. God is my source. I can handle a lockdown for 20 years. I don't, like, I know God is going to supply. But the, the reason why I'm opposed to it, as some of you have learned by now, the reason that I'm opposed to it going on any longer is because I don't want the government to set up. I don't want us to allow the government to set a precedence that anytime they think something's bad for us, that they can just make a new law. I don't want the government to be able to decide what I can do and what I can't do with my freedom. And I don't want the government to have to decide for you. I don't want them to have my, they don't have my permission to pass a new law when they think they know what's best for me. Like, I know what's best for me. I don't know what's best for you. I know what's best for me, but you know what's best for you. You know, when, when, when our churches open back up and businesses open back up, there are going to be some people that are going to come to church and there are going to be some people that, that there are going to be some people that um, want to stay home. And you know what? I don't condemn the people that come and I don't condemn the people that stay home. Guess what? I'm going to do services on campus and I'm going to do services online. And I'm going to, I'm going to meet you where you're at. It doesn't matter to me, but I'm not going to let the government dictate that they have power and that they have set a precedence that they can come in. And you may be, you may say, well, I agree with, I'm, you know, I'm a Republican, so I agree with Trump. Or you may say, well, I'm, I'm a Democrat, so I agree with the governor of Illinois. Or I'm a Republican, so I agree with the governor of Texas. Or I'm a Democrat, so I agree with the governor of Colorado. Listen, they're all the same. All government is the same. It's, it's, you give them an inch, they'll take a mile. That, that may not be their intention. That may not be their, their heart. It, it is for some. Some really want to control you. And listen, I was that way. I was a controlling religious leader in my younger years of Christianity and I was a control freak. Now I'm just a freak. I don't control people anymore. Now I'm just a freak. I am that, I admit to that, but I'm not a control freak anymore. 
Like, I don't care who you marry. I don't care whether your socks match. I don't care, you know, if you drink wine or don't drink wine. Like, to me, what matters is that I see you in heaven and there's only one way to get there through Jesus Christ and him alone. Through Jesus Christ and him alone. His blood only. It is finished. It's Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. And if our country moves towards um, go more government control, you're going to lose more precious freedom. And that's why I'm saying to you, all oppression is from the devil. Jesus went forth healing all that were oppressed by the devil. Government oppression is from the devil. Religious oppression is from the devil. Um, spousal oppression is from the devil. All oppression is from the devil. And oppression is to remove from someone the power to control their own life and to control their own future. No one has taken that from you. I'm not letting it, not on my watch. Terry, welcome. Nolene, welcome. Sandra, welcome. Arlene, welcome. God bless you guys. Janet, welcome. Fra Fraulein, you're back. <laughs> the hills are alive. Woo! Are you hearing me? <laughs> the hills melt. The Bible says that the hills will melt like wax in the presence of the Lord. Um, and you have the presence of the Lord through the blood of Jesus. And that's another thing. I'm... I'm pretty, I'm pretty ticked off. I used the word pissed yesterday and got a lot of, you know, got some, you know, some fun out of that. It's just people are so funny. I, you say all this stuff, you say all the words when you're at home and if, and, and we all, you know, it doesn't even matter. Who cares? I don't care if you, I don't care if you know all the cuss words that nobody even has made up yet, but I'm going to tell you something. Churches, pastors, sitting back and just passively accepting, well, this is the new world order. This is the new, this is the new normal. Uh, let me tell you what the new normal is. The new normal is preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to all the ends of the earth and then the end will come. The new normal is, which has always been the old normal, which has always been the normal. Lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. God says yes to all of his promises. We need to understand something. There's always going to be disease. There's always going to be sickness. There's always going to be problems in the world. If you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never plant your seed. If you wait for perfect conditions, you will never get a harvest. If you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never have a, you'll never have a husband or a wife or a girlfriend or a boyfriend. You'll never be on a date. If you're waiting for perfect conditions, you're never even going to have a date. If you're waiting for the perfect church, you're never going to be a member anywhere because if you find the perfect church, as soon as you get there, you've wrecked the perfection of that church because you're there, because I'm there, because none of us are perfect. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So listen, pastors that are out there, I think it's great if you applied for um, the government grant to, to keep paying your employees, but that's, that's going to run out. We're going to have to believe God. Like everything you've learned or everything that the body of Christ has acquired in understanding faith and the grace of God and the love of God and the goodness of God and the divine protection of God and the blood of Jesus 
and the power to go to the throne of God's grace at any time and receive mercy and grace at the time of need. The revelation that we're that, that, that it's the lamb upon the throne. It's not a judge upon the throne. It's the lamb upon the throne. The one who has made a way for us so that we can go to God. And then there's no separation between us and God. The, the illusion of separation is gone. Nothing can separate you from the love of God anymore. You're in God's presence and he's in you. And that revelation that you can take a promise from God's word and trust that he already paid for that promise to be fulfilled. He paid it forward. He paid in advance when he shed his blood. That was the signature, the guarantee to this new covenant that every promise of God is now yes and amen in Christ Jesus. And so everything we've, everything we've learned about faith and the goodness of God and the grace of God and the love of God and the power of God is for this moment. And everything we learned about trusting God, not man, is for this moment. And everything we've learned about, um, you know, the Bible says all men are liars. Everything we learned about the, the, the nature of man, Jesus, the Bible says in John chapter 2, for he himself did not entrust himself to any man because he knew what was in them. He did not entrust himself to any man because he knew what was in them. So... People are going to, you know, ultimate power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts absolutely, right? So nobody has absolute power, but we need to learn the power we do have over our lives and not give it up to the government, not give it up to, um, and not wait for our parents, not wait for anybody, not wait for the government to provide for us. God is your source. We're of the, the Bible says Elijah was a man with a nature like ours and God provided for him. And he provided for him with, with ravens dropping bread into his meat, into his, into his lap, with angels bringing bread, with a, a widow providing a jar of oil and a barrel of meal. And Elijah spoke to the rain and he said, it's not going to rain until I say so. And that's, the, that's what you're made of. You're made of that stuff. Elijah was a prophet, but you're a greater prophet than Elijah because the Bible says John the Baptist was the greatest prophet of all. And yet the least of you in the kingdom of God is greater than even John the Baptist. So we have to start prophesying to the mountains. We're the sons and daughters of God. You know what's happening in the world with viruses and all the different things that are happening in this world? The earth is groaning. Romans chapter 8 verse 19 says, The earth is groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. You know, all the cute ways that churches have grown used to reaching people, are, are gonna, they're going to go away. We're not going to reach people through our cute personalities. We're going to reach people through love and through kindness and through the grace of God and the goodness of God and believing in the power of God, not dumbing down Christianity to make it mediocre and conform to this world, but to... not And it's not a... The Christianity I'm talking about is not a mean, angry Christianity. The Christianity I'm talking about is love never fails. The Christianity I'm talking about is by this will all men know you're my disciples by your love for one another. All right, I know I'm, I know I'm um, <laughs> just going off on stuff. But look, I'm tired of Christians buying into the belief that we just got to 
just go along with whatever they say, go along with whatever this person says or that, this expert or that expert, when all of those experts disagree anyway with each other. We just got to go along with it. No, you got to speak God's word. You got to believe God is your source. You got to stay connected to a church because governments come and go. But the Bible says the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. It doesn't say the gates of hell will not prevail against a country. It doesn't say the gates of hell aren't gonna, isn't going to prevail against leaders. It's, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. And the church needs to rise up. The sons and daughters. Those, this earth is longing for sons and daughters to rise up and take their place as those that prophesy. I prop see when I say to you, I declare that your your my God's gonna supply your need according to his riches and glory. I'm prophesying that to you. I'm not just like hoping, I'm prophesying that. And God's watching over his word to perform it. When you say, No weapon formed against me shall prosper, you're prophesying to the atmosphere around you. When you say Greater is he that's in me than he is in the world. You're prophesying. You're proclaiming and speaking forth the word of God, and you have every right to through the blood of Jesus. So take your power back. Believe in the power that you have, power, love, and a sound mind. And by the way, a sound mind means self-control. You have power over your thought life. You have power over yourself. Less, you know, the Bible, the Bible calls this fruit of the Spirit self-control, not spouse control. Self-control, not other people control. Self-control. And you have that. Say, so, oh, I'm not one of those self-controlled people. See, that's the lie that you're buying into because of your past. Well, I'm not one of those disciplined or self-controlled people. I don't have as much self-control as so-and-so. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and self-control, a sound mind. You do have it. You've just bought a lie that has, that has created your suffering. When we buy lies, when we allow lies, things that are contrary to the word of God, we allow lies to occupy our mind unchecked, unchallenged, unquestioned, then we invite unnecessary suffering into our lives. So, don't do that. You have power. You have love. You have a sound mind. What a father we have. What a generous, generous father. Hey, um, I'm not out of time, but I'm going to end this time. <laughs> I love you guys. We'll talk to you tomorrow. If you have questions, let us know. Um, if you are suffering in some way, let us pray for you. Call our prayer line, 847-645-9100. If you need groceries, you need supplies, we have a food pantry in the Chicago area. We will we try to help people in any area we can, but we do what we can locally and uh, in our missions around the world. I love you guys, and I pray and prophesy blessing and joy and peace and balance, faith and wisdom over your life, the faith to believe God and the wisdom to make good, healthy choices in your life. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless. See you guys tomorrow. Same time, same channel.